Welcome to episode 21 of the City SC Report. My name is Steve, and with me is Mr. Joe Chambers. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going? Hey, you know, I'm here. On this episode, we'll catch you up on City 2 News, and we have a few rumors. But first, we have a very special guest today. Joining us is one of the chiefs of the drum corps and leaders of the soon-to-be-named, we'll call it noise section, <laughs> the host of the Show Up, Make Noise podcast. You know him. You love him. Zach Zaya. Hey, Zach. Hey, how you doing? I don't know that everybody loves me, but I'll take what I can get. They, I think most they people should do. love me. And they should, <laughs> for sure. Welcome. So, nice to have you on. We've been talking about this for a long time, and we finally worked it out, so thrilled yeah. you are here. Fantastic to be here. Nice. Um, Zach, first of all, we like to ask our guests about their soccer background. Did you play? When did you become a fan? Who did you support? Etc. Lay it on us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was actually not a. I played a little bit of soccer when I was little. I, I grew up in Springfield, Illinois. I played Pee Wee, um, but I was a defender that just kicked the ball really hard. So uh, there was no skill in my game. I, I think I was. You know, I've always been a big boy. So uh, soccer was never my favorite sport. Um, and then I kind of fell out of it. Didn't really do anything. But I ended up. Uh, I was a teacher. I taught high school English um, for a while. And one of the schools I ended up at had a supporter section for basketball. They had a old concrete gym, you know, one of those bomb shelter kind of gyms. Uh, and they had a supporter section. They wanted me to come out and watch them do their thing. And they all dressed up and did all these crazy antics. But they didn't cheer at all. Uh, and I had started watching soccer a little bit through World Cups and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, there are college uh, supporter sections and then, you know, soccer supporter sections. And both of them have their own brand of support so why don't we work on that and so I was a speech teacher so I literally made that a project for some of my kids to build chants and learn how to do that kind of stuff and I basically turned that section into a raucous little supporter section and I think you guys have seen the djembe that I've brought out a couple times but I have a, a big African drum that uh, I actually got from my mom on my 18th birthday that's from Africa and it's got this really really crazy deep tone that in one of those old bomb shelter gyms just resonated around the, the room. That's yeah. so and, fun. And we had the, the Gatorade chant was big then and it was that doom doom and so we would have everybody stomping on bleachers and you know that and it was just a really really intimidating presence um, and about that time I also won tickets to go see a Chicago Fire game from the Illinois High School Teachers Association and I went up and, and watched this Chicago Fire game and they put me on the far opposite end of the supporters and as soon as I heard a drum I'm like oh no I, I need to be over there and so kind of a weird you know and it, it, then it died like for a couple of years I, I didn't I wasn't in those positions I was a speech teacher you know so I didn't have a lot of I switched schools and, and things so um, and then I ended up back in St. Louis and I thought soccer would be a fun thing to do. I did a lot of comedy at those times, and I, I wanted to do something else. And, and so I found the American Outlaws. I actually found Ryan Smith uh, yeah. and, and found the American Outlaws and went to the KC game, oof, I don't even know what year, 2013, 2014, something like that. We took a bus down. We all stayed at a hotel that night. It was crazy. It was maybe the drunkest I've ever been in public. Um <laughs> But it was, it was a really good time, and through that, met a bunch of Luligans, and then ended up, you know, just kind of hanging out, and I, 
I've been around for nine years, so I was there for uh, the Piazza, which I never say correctly, so if I said it wrong, I'm sorry. Um, and um, the Lions, that was where I first started in kind of St. Louis soccer. I had to think for a second. Mike Piazza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hi, Piazza. Piazza. Oh, yeah. There you go. So, yeah, okay. I'm not from here. Mike so Piazza. I, I get all the local. I mean, if you wanted well. to hang out with Mike Piazza, too, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, mean, I actually just got really excited about Mike Piazza and St. Louis soccer. Piazza is such a weird word. Nobody <laughs> nobody actually knows that word anyway. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those weird things. But, yeah. So uh, since you've gotten more into soccer than – do you support a team yeah, anywhere so I, so besides when, U.S.? I, I actually, in that school that I um, that I kind of started the supporter section in accidentally, um, I got a basic cable channel or package from that small town. They had like an independent um, internet provider and cable provider. And one of the standard channels they provided was Fox Soccer. Um, and I knew no one in that town. It was a very, very small town. <laughs> So it wasn't a lot of stuff to do. So I would, I just like sports. So I would just watch soccer. And Chelsea and Manchester United were always on TV, on, you know, on those channels. Sounds and right. so everyone I knew all through life was a Manchester United fan. And I'm like, well, you can't go with what everyone else is. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, the other team that was on was Chelsea. And I was, I, I'm not a Cub fan anymore. Don't, don't hate me. <laughs> I was raised a Cub fan. My mother will hate me, uh, disown me if I ever put a Cardinal shirt on. So I'm not a baseball fan. Um, but I was a Cub fan at that point. Uh, and um, so blue and blue, you know, it had a lot of those types of things. And I didn't know any better. And then I realized that I, you know, was basically supporting one of the Yankees of soccer, um, which is regrettable now. But, you know, it was the team that I chose not really knowing anything about the sport. And uh, But, yeah, I... Once we had local soccer, though, local soccer has always been the thing. I always want to support the thing I can be at, not the thing, you know, thousands of miles away. So I do love English soccer. I get up and watch every single game. Yeah. But also, I'm not I'm not as invested in Chelsea as I am in St. Louis FC. Um, so, St. or Louis. was. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, well, no. <laughs> I'm not as invested in St. Louis City as I right. was in St. Louis right. well, <laughs> let's, let's talk about that, though. Let's talk yeah. about that. We've, yeah. we've, we've known you, Joe and I have known you since way back in yeah. St. Louis FC days. Yeah, yeah. But for those who may not be familiar, let's bring them back to the beginning. How did you get involved in drumming at games? Were you just a casual fan first, or did you jump right in off the bat? I don't honestly remember. I had a lot of beers. <laughs> so tell us that story. Yeah, so I... I showed up at the Lions games, which were just, I mean, there was no organization to Lions games. Lions games were just a bunch of men who were way too old to be in that park. <laughs> well, and that's not even just the supporter section. That's the, mm-hmm. the team and yeah. everything. There was just no... Just no organization. Yeah, it was. It was just, but it was. It was fun. Like it was. It was the weirdest oh, yeah. grassroots thing to do is just go out and watch these college kids and their sponsor parents go out and watch a game facing the sun in the worst possible field at the worst possible time, and it was like it was this culmination of everything was terrible, but the people that were around made it so much fun. Um, so I just started showing up to that. Like that was just a really fun social thing for me to do and then when st louis fc got announced i got really excited because what lions weren't i knew st louis fc would be and then the usl was new and exciting at that point and it was 
really something where you felt like you were actually building something in the sport. You know, there's very yeah. few times where you actually get to take and put your name on something. And I felt like USL and in that time, we had a chance of being something. And we all came in so bright, I did bushy tailed. You know, and then got five years of suck, but it was... Well, yeah, it was, but it was a lot of good times. But it was fun. Like, that's the thing, and I think that's what made that so special, is that we were terrible for a lot, so much of that. Yeah. But the people and doing the things, like, again, even though we weren't necessarily good, we were doing good things in the community. That was where the Luligans really started taking up and doing charity things. And so... I got started just because, you know, Ryan and Dave and a couple other people were talking about Chance, and I love Weird Al. Like, I was always a Weird Al fan when I was little, and so I've been making up stupid words to songs <laughs> my entire life, and I'm crazy ADD, so, you know, I don't, my brain doesn't work in the same linear fashion that a lot of normal people's brains work in. So, like, the drum section gave me a way to focus a lot of the energy that I always had in my life because music is always I, I just have music on all the time if I'm not directly talking to someone I have music on in my head so that part of it is just so ingrained in in kind of who I am that putting music and making beats and making up stupid songs and just having fun with a big group of people resonated with me in in a lot of different levels and so yeah, we just I, I paired up with uh, Ryan and Dave because they were spearheading getting drums together, and I was poor at that point. So like I didn't I didn't have anything. I had a couple drums that I had, so I just gave them drums. But other than that, yeah, it just was it from season one. I don't yeah I don't yeah yeah. It, okay. We started off. Okay. We we uh, recorded some chants in the soccer park. Mm. Uh, mm ballroom right. just a bunch of us with like one drum i was there i yeah. was yeah. i was yep. there you're right and so we all yeah. you know and we talked about what we were going to do with it and how we thought it would sound and then we just did it like there wasn't a lot of pre-thought into it we had all kind of talked about chance we thought would work but then we just showed up and did it you know and, it, and we just kind of made it happen and then yeah ryan and dave and and me and uh gosh there were a couple other people that were real early days that yeah. really didn't Sticker, I mean, uh, Keith uh, Mayfield did oh, yeah, some yeah. stuff right, early. Right. Um, there was a, a dude that showed up for like one or two seasons and then like dropped off the face of the planet uh, and we never never saw him again. Um, but yeah, there were, some, there were some people that played, you know, were big parts of the drum line that just kind of disappeared. But Sam jumped in at that point. I think Sam had always kind of watched from afar. He was around for Atletico. Um, and the, or AC St. Louis and Athletica, and then kind of went on the back burner and then popped back around for FC, and so he got real involved then, and then eventually we, he convinced Rick, because he was a good, uh, good friends with Rick, he convinced Rick to come out and play, and that's kind of the, the formation of, you know, what has turned into the, the foundation of the drumline. I don't know if that answered any part it of your question. <laughs> it did. It totally did. I, I just, I'm it, boring people. With no, 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 no. Because it, for those of us who've been around, sometimes it does all run together. Like, wait a minute. Who who came right. when? When is and this? And there were a lot and, of people. Yeah. Compared and, to the Lions and Piasol, there all of a sudden there's like ten times as many people. and it's. It, but yeah. without all that, then those years when the team was not good would have been so much worse. Like, yeah. Oh, oh that, that That's what keeps me coming back is the – it's the atmosphere of the game because, man, there were some rough games on the field. And I think that's where, like, 
the silly, weird tradition type of stuff that we have where we do, you know, we just sing aha or we just sing, you know, <laughs> Britney, a lot of, or no, Whitney, not Britney. I mean, we do sing Britney, but uh, Whitney. Like, we sing a lot of those things purely because at certain points, we didn't have anything to cheer for. Like, right. and that that is, you know, Sam still hates Whitney, I think, because <laughs> of some, one, we just played it way too much. We're but sure. also, just like, the memory of that is the memory of times where we didn't have a lot else to cheer for. We were just trying to make ourselves laugh, you know? Yeah. So And it works. It makes it fun. Like, yeah. How, I, fun. I don't understand how anyone could not want to come back once you've been in the middle of that. That's, yeah. that's the beauty. And, and I'll tell you, my wife still talks about it. She is not a sports person. Soccer is like one of the few sports that she can actually stand. And when she would come to the games... That was her favorite part, was standing there singing. Anytime you bring up a song like that, Aha or anything, she was totally right there singing along. She loved it, and I'm sure she wasn't the only one. So. Absolutely. And that's, I always tell people, like, there's a lot of things where you could do really hard soccer chants. And we, there's a lot of groups that do traditional soccer chants. And we don't do a lot of that, because my thought was always that if we could get somebody to sing even the original lyrics, at least they're singing along with us. So, like, we do a lot of Britney Spears and other things. And if you sing Hit Me Baby One More Time instead of Shoot It Baby One More Time, I'm equally as happy. Like, it doesn't matter to me if you yeah. sing the right words. I just want you making noise. <laughs> right. Because in the large, you know, scale of thousands of us doing it, it doesn't matter what the individual person is saying. The noise and the, the cacophony is what we're going for. So that's why we do so many dumb pop songs because you might not be able to know a chant chant right off the bat, but you know, you know, take you on me. You can still sing or, along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it's a, it gets past one level of buy-in because you're already there, right? You already know it. And listening to hundreds of people try to hit the high note on aha, you know, take on me, that alone is, that that's worth the price of it. And it is. gets worse as we get further on in the game and right. everyone gets oh, yeah. drunk because everyone then gets confidence that they shouldn't have and that's the best part oh, is yeah. when we're all super trashed and trying to hit that note. That's the best of the Luligans. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so let's fast forward to the sad, unfortunate demise of St. Louis FC and enter St. Louis City SC, a colorful rainbow. Now it's a whole new world, bigger stadium, more fans, more rules, not the personal connection to the team. Run us through that process of kind of starting over and how that has been. Yeah, that's been, this year has been interesting. It has been a, a very interesting year. Um, Zach had to get over a lot of his uh, personal <laughs> hard feelings. I think a lot of people did. Yeah. A lot and of people in charge did. And I, and I think that, like... And maybe still are. <laughs> and it, for sure, yeah. And I, I, there's there's something to be said going back to that feeling of we were really building something uniquely ours. Mm -hmm. And to have that ripped away, and in the way that it was, being that we didn't really get to send our team off with the last season. We had the year of COVID, and then we went to hell and <laughs> had to see them lose in Louisville. Like, that... All of that is just heartbreak on heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And so the people who don't get why so many of us were so angry, and I don't mean anybody any offense with this, didn't put in the blood, sweat, and tears that a lot of us did yeah. getting to that point. So it, it very much like, was like losing a, a, a favorite pet or a child to mm -hmm. me. Like I just, I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what to do 
with that energy. And eventually we talked it out, Sam, Rick, and I, and we decided if we don't start trying to focus whatever energy we have, good, bad, or otherwise, it's just going to flounder. We're not going to come into this ready next year. And so we started with just a podcast. We just wanted to talk about it, just kind of talk about where we wanted to go and what we wanted to see. And then that turned into practices, which turned into, you know, trying to recruit new people. And it's been an interesting year because we haven't gotten a lot of publicity in the way that I think a lot of us thought we were going to get publicity um, from the team and and from even just saturation of, of the market. We thought teams coming in, people will start looking for supporters groups or start looking for ways to connect. And by and large, that hasn't happened on a large scale. And I'm sure that's partially down to the way that, you know, the various groups have, have done their things. But I think a lot of us were kind of shocked about midway through the year that we didn't have hundreds of people showing up that we hadn't seen before. We weren't having to figure out what to do with new people. Um, and so that has been a, a, a different feeling this year now. I feel like the people that we have brought into the drum corps, we have a lot of people who were fringe in St. Louis FC who have really stepped up. They saw us, they were there, but they didn't ever want to get involved. And going to City, now that's been their step of, oh, okay, I can build something. That same feeling we had at St. Louis FC coming out of Lions, they, you know, St. Louis FC was their trial period, and now City is the big show for them. And so it's been really cool to see the people who have stepped up and really started leading in those spaces that weren't there before. So um, it's been it's been up and down. It, it has been a serious roller coaster of there's been a lot of really, really positive stuff that's come out of the new formations of groups and the new uh, blood that has come in, but also, you know, there's growing pains of people who have come in who don't know our history, who don't know that there are 12 years of, you know, jokes and, and memories and those types of things. And it's it's hard to explain to somebody what those things mean to you when they can't, they didn't see us in our prime. They didn't see us with a thousand people in the corner. And they come in and are like, well, you're just 300, 200 idiots that barely chant together. And that's, because that's not, this isn't our, you know, this isn't our perfect form. This is a different world that we're just trying to figure out how to navigate through. And then you're going to have to spend the first half of next season going through it all again. Yeah. When, when there are going to be people who haven't been showing up, but they're going to show up on day one for City, and and you're going to have to go through all of that same exact thing that you're talking about. Well, and that's a, a discussion, and I, I'm probably going to get yelled at for overstepping but it's a discussion we've had with the club of how do we educate and that's kind of a, a pompous word but how do we show our culture to other people in a way that they're going to want to get involved with what we do before there's just 2,500 people who have never seen us on a full game day just going well what else you know what do we do you know and so how do we get those other 2,500 people working in unison with the people who already have 
a direction and, and a focus, and we know how these game days work, and we know how all of that works. How do we get those people on board and, and involved? And that's a, a discussion that it's tough to have an answer for because in one way, the club is the pers- perfect person to do that because they have the email addresses of those 3,000 people who are going to be in our section. But also, if the club does it, that's plastic. And that's, you know, it. so yeah. it's a really tough line of how does a supporter group or a group of supporters work with a club without bridging that independent border of we want you to be with us and we want you to know, but also, you know, how do you how do you work in those confines? And it's it's a, a growing, you know, constantly growing and changing. So that kind of blends into uh, my next question <clears throat> with the um, bigger section next year: more drummers, new drummers, new capos, new songs chants. Tell us about that and the challenges that you're facing with that aspect. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the challenges that we're going to have, we can't, at least in our current state, deal with. Like, we are potentially going to be, originally we thought we were going to be right down in the front, but Rick has suggested maybe we're going to be more towards the back center of the the section drummers. Um, And so (laughs) then the problem becomes is that we're in the back center of the section and our capos are dead center in the front. What does communication look like in those situations? How do we quickly and accurately tell three different people on three different stands who are already doing a thing to pay attention to us or us to pay attention to them to know that we need to change something or whatever? And so that's a thing that we're just going to have to do. And, you know, there's going to be, we can hopefully at some point maybe practice in the stadium and get some of those reps in a way that will be closer to a game day situation, but doing it with nobody in the stadium versus doing it with 3,000 people screaming is going to be a totally different thing. Sight lines and and just how do you communicate? What's the sign for shoot it versus, you know, shoot it baby one more time versus shots. You know, we have, we have three different chants that all roughly have the same word as the center of it. What's the signal? You know, so... Um, just lots of lots of organizational things that we are planning for. We have we have ideas of how we're going to deal with, but at the same time, you know, best laid plans you can't of mice do it and yet. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can't you can't predict a lot of the things that we will encounter at a certain point. So um, new drummers are pretty easy. I don't think a lot of our chants are hard. A lot of our chants, if you've done middle school bands, you can handle. Um, it's purely just learning how to play with a group. So much of what we've been working on this year, and I say we, Rick has been working on. Rick is the technical one. I'm the loud one. Sam is the, the smart one. So um, It's good to have your own rule. <laughs> everyone has a niche. Uh, but Rick has really been working on teaching us how to play together and how to sound as a group because your son's in band you understand playing as an ensemble is very different than playing as an individual um and so just that synchronicity of knowing when someone else is going to hit and how to anticipate those things is is really the hardest part and i think the thing we've worked on the most but you know as we start getting new people all of that kind of changes so 
So speaking of new people, then what about drummers out there who want to join in at this point? What do they do? Any? Yeah, absolutely. So in, uh, what, five days, on September 1st, there will be a different site <laughs> that you can go to to get a lot of that information. Uh, unfortunately, I can't give you that information now, um, but... There is a Google form. If you go to any of our social media pages, there is a link tree on that uh, on our social media. Show up, make noise on Instagram or Twitter, um, and you can get to our sign-up form on there. Um, it's a Google Doc, but I'm crazy about security. Ask literally anyone in our uh, Discord. I'm super crazy about security, so I promise you your data is safe if you <laughs> submit it to me as long as you know Google is safe. I can't predict Google, but on our side... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a totally safe form. But anyway, just go on there, answer a couple questions. The hardest one is, you know, which way to contact you. But, you know, we ask what your experience level is, what you want to do, what your preferred instrument or position is, uh, that kind of stuff. But it really is, if you submit, I'll reach out to you. I'll invite you to our practice. You can come hang out, see what we do. We'll put you on a drum and see what you got. What about horns? Has there been any talk of horns? Any interest? <laughs> so much talk about horns, Steve. The problem is is finding horn players that don't gig. Um, the The problem with anybody who's decent at playing a horn is that they play a horn either professionally or for fun in the times where we normally have soccer games. Um, we have a sousaphone. We have a kid. Uh, I call him a kid. We have a guy, Jake, uh, who wants to play the sousaphone. I feel like if we ever get a better, a, a good solid snare drummer who can replace me on a snare, because I'm not a good solid snare drummer. I'm an adequate snare drummer. I make do for what we need to have happen. Um, if we ever get somebody who's really talented on snare, I will probably move to sousaphone um, just because I played uh, tuba and sousaphone oh, cool. in, in high school and, and a little bit of college. And I just enjoy the instrument. Like, I, I just, I enjoy playing music. So, um, and I, it would be easier for me to help chant and then lead different parts with a sousaphone that uh, I think would be otherwise. But to answer your question, no, we have absolutely zero <laughs> horn players. Every single day, someone's like, oh, I played horns in this. I'll go get a horn and learn how to do it. And none of those people have ever shown up. So we have a lot of people who tell us they'd like to do it. If you have somebody you know who plays a horn and would like to get involved, if you know band teachers who have people that, you know, former students that want to get involved with things, I would love to have, uh, because a lot of what we do would be so much better with horns. Uh, anything is better with horns. But I mean, yeah, I, as someone who's been to a lot of ska concerts back in the day, <laughs> yeah, it's always more fun with horns. Absolutely, and it just... It makes it so a lot of the chants where people have to hold the melody line, you don't have to hold as much if you have a horn section. Or it makes it more fun to do it along with the horns. You know, it, it, it just brings a different atmosphere. Um, Clayton will love that I will shoot out uh, or shout out the Austin supporter section. Mm -hmm. uh, they have stuff on Spotify. Uh, they have most of their chants mm -hmm. on an album on Spotify. And they've got killer horns. Yeah. But... You know, they. I, I don't know how they recruited those people. I have no idea how anybody finds the number of drummers they have. Uh, but at some point, people will start showing up, and we will have more drummers than we know what to do with, and hopefully more horn players than we know what to do with. But at least right now, we don't. <laughs> but, yeah, I would love, if you know anybody who plays a horn or wants to play a horn, have them reach out. We'd love to talk to them. 
Awesome. All right, so you you kind of mentioned the September 1st, uh, your show up, make noise, Twitter teased out the blurred image, something's coming. Care to elaborate a little bit or give us a hint? Well, so if you looked at today's stuff, we we released something around 9 a.m. today, which is a much bigger hint than the blurred image. Um, But there's going to be more and more stuff coming out. Um, It is a name that is almost so obvious it rick is angry that we didn't come up with it a year and a half ago because it seems so obvious uh when once you go oh yeah all right why not and we we had a totally different name we'd even commissioned art for the other name like we were gonna go a totally different direction we were gonna go block party movement which made a really fun bpm um and the part of that that we ended up choosing not to go with that is we really wanted to do a hard social component to that of doing the neighborhood cleanups like the thieves are doing on uh september 19th no that can't be right it's one of those days anyway september 17th maybe anyway um check out the thieves and uh, they'll tell you when their cleanup date is but we did we actually i i kind of weirdly set that up last year uh we did the cleanup in dutchtown um and then connected with um, a bunch of different groups, and we're trying to do more of that. And so Block Party Movement was really founded in that idea of doing those community cleanups and that kind of stuff. And then I realized that that was going to take a whole lot of organizational time and effort that I was already, I didn't have any, I didn't have any time to do it. And so I we decided to switch the name because we weren't going to be able to do the, the social side of it. So the new name is less uh, social, but again, it, it's fun cool. and it's it's very simple, which I think is better. So nice. look forward to seeing that. Yeah, so that'll be September first. September first. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of stuff planned out. Um, a bunch of the group has gotten in on taking photos of things around town that go with the name, um, and the the guy Steve who did our logo is incredible. I don't know if you're familiar with Wellbeing, uh, the NA beer, mm-hmm. or they do Mighty Kind, which is their CBD seltzer. Okay. But the guy who does the logos for that is okay. the guy we got to do the logo for our thing. So uh, a little bit of a hint is that blurred out image was just a corner of the crest that will be coming out um, with our thing. So that's that's the big exclusive. You now know what the blurred image was, Steve. Awesome. <laughs> So the uh, let's talk about the future then of this. Uh, we'll just call it the Noise Crew. Yeah. Any future events or anything else you would like to add that I may have overlooked? No, I think um, we've got that coming up. I would really encourage people. I'm sure most of the people who listen to the podcast come out to the the City Two games. If you haven't been out to a City Two game, you got to come out, especially for the 18th. That's our last uh, home game officially. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun, wherever it ends up being. (laughs) Someday they'll tell us, maybe about a week ahead of time, but eventually they'll tell us where we're going to play. That's going to be super fun. Um, We're going to try and really blow that out. We're going to try and get as many people there, uh, making as much noise as possible, and really give the team a send-off going into the playoffs. Hopefully we're going to have a home playoff game, but, you know, we have no control over that, so... Um, the team does though they control their own destiny for that right now if they absolutely. can keep winning yeah get that then they get the, the, they don't need help they just need to 
keep getting points. I said to the two city in a meeting that we were in with the supporters that they should bully the league to give us a home playoff game regardless because we're the only team that's going to bring fans. So there's mm-hmm. literally no reason for them to have it anywhere else right. except here because we will actually create an atmosphere. There's no reason. I mean, you can have it wherever you want, but this is going to be the game that will give you the photos that you want out of it. And it, as a marketing organization that MLS is, it makes mm-hmm. sense that they would want that. So there yep. you go. So I'm sure somebody is pressuring some refs for the next few games. Yeah, to Courtney. Just make sure. <laughs> that, but, Court, you heard it. <laughs> you heard it once, you heard it again. Yeah. Make it happen. <laughs> Please. All right, well, Zach, thanks for letting us get to know you and what the soon-to-be-named noise crew is all about. Would you like to stick around and weigh in on some City 2 news and some rumors that are flying around? Yeah, if I didn't alienate your entire fan base by talking uh, too much. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Remember, oh, Baker's you're, you're been on fun. here many times. So. <laughs> Just kidding, Matt. Um, all right, well, let's uh, refill our beers, stretch, whatever, and uh, we'll get at it when we come back from a break. Welcome back. Let's begin with some news from the club, or about the club anyway. It was announced not too long ago that City would expand its academy system, and part of the expansion would be a U21 team that will participate in the UPSL, the United Premier Soccer League, which competes in the fourth tier of the American soccer system, along with NPSL and USL2, just to put it into perspective. Uh, They will compete in the Kentucky-Tennessee division, the closest regional division of St. Louis, along with eight other teams, including... Metro Louisville. So we do get a chance to kind of sort of renew that rivalry or start a new one anyway, if, if we wish. Um, the full schedule and roster for the city team was released earlier this week. The interesting thing to point out about our UPSL team is that, according to the UPSL website, their, all of their home games will be played at Centene Stadium's training facility. The first home game is next Saturday, September 3rd at 5 p.m., no word on if fans will be allowed to attend. There are no signs of stands or even where to, to you know, people would watch from. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to wonder if this is a, a temporary thing for a year until... I, I know there's talk about <clears throat> where City 2 are eventually going to play and if it's going to... If they're yeah, going to we'll move in with them. I, I don't know. It still seems weird to be playing somewhere with literally nowhere for anybody to sit. Even people's... You know, moms and girlfriends. Well, the interesting thing was there, there was no word from the club on any of this. Our man, our man uh, Jake, found the info on his own and informed us. Special shout out to Jake, by the way. Between Jake, Ryan, Baker, Keith, and a couple others on our Discord channel, these guys really try to stay on top of things going on. So, good job, guys. Um, just want to put that out there. Here's the thing. I totally get that. So, U twenty one team playing in the fourth division, but to a lot of us diehards, it's a kind of a big deal, especially, and maybe more so, that it's being played on our brand-new training fields. Yeah, We're I mean, these... kind of chomping at the bit to get a closer look at that and even... It's not U15s. These aren't kids. These are, you know, actual grown-ups, so I, I would come out to a game. You know, I, I, you'd think they give us a little more information. So now, are those true academy kids? Those aren't going to be any of the kids who are on the next pro rosters, correct? There is, actually. Okay, see, this is it's too <clears> many levels, the... man. <laughs> too many levels. So, so many acronyms. Yeah, there, there's, there's, it's mostly, I looked at the roster, it's mostly guys from our academy. Um, 
I'd say like 90% of the guys are from our academy, with the exception of like three or four. Um, six of the, was it, was it five or six? I made a note somewhere. I think it was five of them actually were on City 2's team. Um, you know, familiar names, Fritz Vollmer, Owen Spore, Anthony Fopel, Tyler Sargent, Josh Mayer, Kai Pope, Miguel Perez, Nathan Yao, you know, guys like that. Newly acquired Marcus Cano, um, he was one of them. There was also uh, 18-year-old Demir Baganovich, who, interestingly enough, comes from the Louisville City Academy system. So kind of nice to see us plucking guys from them. Um, another player, uh, there's a 19-year-old, Akwasi Douglas, originally from Ghana, moved here when he was 14. He comes from the St. Louis FC Academy slash Scott Gallagher. So another player to keep an eye on. So yeah, the the schedule and roster were both put out. No announcement by City. Not sure why. Not sure if they were saving it. Maybe they don't want people to know. I don't know. But the team begins their season on Sunday, August 28th at Deportivo Mi Yalisco. Did I pronounce that right? <laughs> I, I haven't seen it in I writing butcher. to even know. I am just. I, I would try to help you dude. with that. Yo hablo tanto para pronunciar, but I I, I don't know the team, so yeah. I can't really. Deportivo, <clears throat> me Jalisco. Um, anyway, they're in Nashville, so um, there's no indication if it will be covered in any shape or form. So I mean, I'm gonna say probably not much, probably. but I mean, we've seen the coverage that MLS yeah. next. I mean, I'll gets. take it. <laughs> If that's all we're able to get, it's it's better than nothing, but it should be better. Well, I mean, it just shows that they're really treating this like just purely developmental, that they are, they just don't care if fans even know. I mean, I, I get it. I, I realize they just, their main concern is trying to develop players. And that's why you do want a team like this. They've got to have somewhere to stash those guys as the next pro season wraps up. Some of those dudes are clearly not going to get a look by the big club, but you can't just leave them out there floating around the country, ending up who knows where. You would like to keep them in-house and develop them for a year or two, so you need them playing longer than than the next pro season. But, I, yeah, I do wish that, that the team acted like like we might care. I think the U21 team is vital to the system. I mean, it gives more players from the academy time to play. And those... For those guys who weren't quite ready for City 2, like I said, those five players, they didn't see much time on City 2's roster. U21, you're on the verge of coming to the big club that, that's again it's not high school kids like those are the guys you call up when you end up with a bout of injuries in the middle of a season you yep. you know you can grab those guys off your u21 team and they should be in theory ready to step up and you know this i think this also frees up more room for players on city two's roster uh for next season the mls team is probably going to select a few of the city two guys for next year so there's going to be a lot of shifting players from level to level and bringing in um new batch at the same time it's exciting yeah i mean i i'm curious the amount of turnover if we're really just talking about almost every one of those guys going somewhere else or i i don't know what that's going to look like for next pro okay well we spent a lot of time have, on that we have now spent more time on that than the team has because yeah. they forgot to rem- they forgot to tell all the fans that there is a team in upsl all right let's move on and catch up on city two uh, they are on that five-game away series since playing at home last on August 6th and have played and won the first two games, winning at Vancouver 4-1 to and winning at San Jose 2 last week 5-2, to which clinched the playoff spot. 
Nine goals in two games and only allowing three is pretty, pretty good. Uh, last match, Pedro and Yarrow both were issued red cards, so they will not be available for tomorrow's match versus Timbers 2. There were a lot of goals, like I said. Um, three of our guys scored versus Vancouver. Celio, Juan Cousin, Ostrock, there was an own goal also. Like I said, San Jose, two. Klaus scored a brace. That was good. Pedro scored a goal. Celio, again, and Watts. Celio was the guy we were talking about in our last episode of the podcast mm-hmm. about how much he's been impressing, and that's continued. So I, I feel good about that. I think we were right. He's I wonder if right. he's one of those that has a chance of getting a, a call-up, because he has just been super, super consistent. He's been year. really making his case as the season's gone on, for sure. Yeah. I would like to see what he could do against a, an MLS midfield, because I feel like he's got a lot of moves. He's got the grit yep. to ride a tackle. Uh, and again, I haven't watched yeah. a lot, but I feel like when I look up because everybody else is cheering, I see and him. And he has that ball. cool tattoo on his Amazing. neck, so you always know who he <laughs> yeah. is, where he is. Yeah. But yeah. I, I made a, a note that the top five producers on our team, just because I like doing this, um, Doling still leads with goals, with eight goals and three assists in 19, yeah, 19 games. Sorry, um, Juan Cousin has five goals and five assists in 19 games. Akil Watts has five goals and five assists in 20 games. Vitor Diaz has five goals and three assists in 14 games. And Celio has five goals and three assists in 20 games. So, I, didn't, so, I didn't know that Diaz was above Celio. I'm a huge fan of uh, Vitor Diaz. Well, he's, the, he's the, the same numbers. He just he played less games. I think he was oh, injured okay. for a little while. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I yeah. I, I think my only, my only... The magician. My only fear with Diaz is maybe size. But mm. I think that... like. Everything else, he's great. I'm a big fan of his father. His father came over and oh, played yeah? uh, played a drum with us once. Played nice. uh, stood in the section uh, with his daughter when she was around and played tambourine and stuff with us. Like just the nicest, most supportive dad. Uh, and on top of that, has some serious rhythm. So uh, yeah, it was he's a he's a neat dude. But I've just watched, enjoyed watching uh, Vitor Diaz play. That's cool. He's a he's a, a heck of a player. Yeah, he is. He's you're right. He's uh, he's kind of shorter and skinny, kind of like Juan Cousin. Yeah, but yeah, that's my big fear. Doesn't with mean Juan. everything. <laughs> big fear with Juan is somebody's gonna yeah. break him in half. So what's next for City Two? Let's look here. We've uh, we're off to Houston on September third, after after the Timbers game, obviously. Uh, followed by a visit to North Texas on September 11th. Then we finally return back home for the final game of the regular season on September 18th at the Mystery location. And, and then the playoffs begin. Which we know we'll be in and hopefully at home. Yeah. The we'll question is, do you get to learn the location of the, the game or the drum section's new name first? Which which do we which do we get? I think I'm, I'm putting my money on you. Because we know a date for this. Yes. <laughs> September 1st is next week. My money's on you. <laughs> They'll probably try to. They'll release it the same day just to eclipse our news. The, the, no, the game is going to be like a like going to a rave back in the day. you got to know a guy <laughs> who gives you a phone yeah. number to secretly call and find out. They'll give you a text like four hours ahead of time with, yeah. with the address. <laughs> I just hope they have the same happy balloons that we used to get back then. <laughs> All right, all right. Rumors. Let's talk about rumors then. We have some doozies. Um, though at this point, you have most likely heard them on other podcasts or social media. 
If you haven't, well, buckle up. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Um, I'll start off with possible player signings. There have been multiple rumors flying around uh, two players lately. The first, which could be our eighth international signing, is Rasmus Alm, the 27-year-old Swiss right winger. Plays for Elfsborg in Sweden. He has compiled six goals and five assists in 19 games this season. Their season's still going on. It's uh, similar to MLS, so... If we do signing, sign him, uh, it won't be official until the season ends, so probably November or December. I have not watched a lot of the Alsvenskan <laughs> League. Um, I, I haven't? And so I, I, I have never actually watched him play. Uh, th- these rumors are the first I've heard of the guy, but... what's the? Do we know what kind of price we're paying from a dude from the Swiss uh, division? <laughs> transfer market has him at about $1.3 million. Okay. All right. I'm just always curious because bringing a guy in from the Swiss first division, what does that compare to MLS-wise? Because I can't imagine he's going to get bodied the same way he's going to get bodied by some redneck from the Midwest <laughs> uh, in in Switzerland. Like, just... <laughs> you know what? It's all. I don't know how Lutz and his his minions work, but it's. Yeah, it's, it's a big mystery how he comes up with some of these guys. I mean, I know, I understand the German guys. He has the connections there. There has to still be that European German guys going to Switzerland for massages and fondue or whatever. But beyond well, that. Lutz loves chocolate. That's what we're learning. Lutz well, yeah. loves chocolate yeah. in Germany, yeah. Switzerland. Yeah. Uh... That, are, are we even sure? Is, is he from Switzerland or Sweden? Uh, is he, we're not even sure which country's which. <laughs> Well, that's just because we're terrible at geometry. Uh, geography. I that was a geometry. <laughs> is it? I'm pretty sure I he's Swiss. I thought Elfsburg was further north. Well, no, they are in. Oh, he's playing. He is Swiss, and he's yes. playing in Sweden. Yes, exactly. See? Wow. He is Swiss. Yeah. He's playing in Sweden. I think that that's should it. be illegal. You can't put that many <laughs> that's too in one spot. <laughs> Americans are bad at this. <laughs> yeah. Show me on the map where the the country hurt you. <laughs> So the, uh, the other rumored signing is Jared Stroud. I'm sure we've all heard that one from Austin. 26-year-old midfielder, originally from New York Red Bulls, uh, which is a, I'm sure is where Coach Carnell uh, was familiar with him from. Um, Jared has been with Austin since 2021. Played 22 games that first season, but he's only been used in five games this season with zero starts. It's only his third MLS season in his career, and Austin is stacked with talent, so it's very difficult to break into that rotation. Yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't look much into it if there's any concern on this guy's potential. I mean, he's only he'll be 25 for the first half of next season. I mean, he's still coming into his prime. So if Carnell thinks that he's I still think he's 26, got, 26, 25, uh, he's he's in his 20s. Yeah, he is not at his. Yeah, he he is. He's still got plenty of years ahead of him if he's actually that good. So getting him out of a position where he's stuck behind guys in the depth chart. They had a terrible se- uh, season last year, right? Like, they did not win a lot of games last year. Austin? Austin. But no, this uh, year. They know uh, this year, but he's not making the team this right, year. So right. I was just yeah. wondering if I he's the problem. The... <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I don't get on news podcasts. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> People have invited me places where I actually have to know things. So Zach, it was nice having you. I think we're going to wrap there. Just wondering. I just want to know. I mean, no, I don't know, honestly. He's the reason they were not good last year, and now we're getting getting their scraps. You got got a phone? Google it. (laughs) I I honestly do not know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember, honestly. Yeah. Last year was their inaugural season, though, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so he was brought over from that probably in the supplemental draft or whatever. He was unprotected from Red Bulls. Um, but, yeah, it makes sense that they didn't really have it all together, but I, I really don't remember where they finished in the table. Oh, I, I, you're only going to find so many guys from MLS until the season's over, and so the fact that they're figuring out who some of these signings are going to be, uh, it seems like we're starting to stack up the wingers here, so I'm hoping that they uh, that'd be another winger than yep. both of them. Uh, and we already have a couple, that uh, Jensen, Ostrak, so I'd like to see who else we end up uh, getting at some other positions. Okay, the next rumor I have is a fun one. We've been biting our tongues on this one, but it's already starting to leak out from other outlets and on the socials, so we feel it's a good time to join in on this. It is strongly rumored that the U.S. women's national team will play a match at Centene Stadium this year, most likely in November. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'm psyched for that. Yeah. Um, if City 2 does not host any games there this season... That means that game will officially open up Centene Stadium. And and our women are amazing. So yeah, oh they're always an incredible game to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so much fun. So, I mean, I, I I will definitely be there. I've seen them the last few times they've come, and I would, I mean, if they're coming to town, I'll be there for sure. Yeah, good stuff. Let's hope it's true. Let's hope it's true. That's the, the sources I heard yeah. from, it, it, it seems like it's very likely people who are more in the know than I am. Same here. So speaking of Centene Stadium, there is word that City 2 will play next season's home games at Centene Stadium, while an entirely new stadium, though smaller of course, is being built for the 2024 season. Did you guys hear about that one? Where is they? Where are they rumoring they're building that? We don't know. I All I've heard so is completely baseless speculation by fans is all I've heard. People throwing out locations and neighborhoods based on nothing other than they know an intersection somewhere that would be cool to put it at but the rumor itself was from i'll just say someone close to the team so close to the club them building one is probably going to happen where exactly and what that would look like is i I don't know. I'm yep. dying to see. But we believe it's going to be in the city. Not like they're not going to go to Creve Core or any of those existing soccer complexes. No the, idea. I mean, it's supposed to be a stadium with that will hold a few thousand. Uh, it'll be for City Two and the probably the academy teams. I would imagine. And you got to think if they're talking about building it, you'd have to put it in the city because otherwise, why? Like there there are other locations. If you're just looking to for a, a spot then yeah you go back to creve core like they did for the you know for, for the development teams this year so the fact that that's not their first thought you've got to assume it's going to be in the city but i i don't know where i don't where, know what you do yeah. it's because i went <clears throat> with the uh shirt that i'm wearing mm-hmm. uh the the fuse association if maybe that would end up at creve core at fuse's soccer complex because they do much like the championship field at the creve core sure, soccer yeah. complex have a very nice field with, yeah. you know, the the stands already built and those types of things. Right. So it seems like you could go with existing infrastructure. Now, mm-hmm. granted, Fuse has 10 billion teams, so you yeah. know, they've probably got pretty good use of their fields. But but you also think that they, they have the connections there, obviously, mm-hmm. already. Yeah. And so if they wanted to play somewhere like that, they could make that work. So you yeah. got to think if they're looking to build their own that they want to keep it closer 
to if everything else is going to be centered in downtown west there maybe they want to keep uh, things under a little tighter umbrella keep it uh you know somewhere in the city there that would be great uh, i heard people bringing up the speculation a, a year ago rumors went around about building a rugby stadium for a right. potential major league rugby expansion into st louis wow but at the time that those articles came out, again, it was blind speculation. Of, oh, they're going to build it, uh, you know, up on 20th Street, up by DeSoto Park. But the people announcing that don't own any of that land, aren't developers of any of that land. They're just, again, throwing out a spot in mm -hmm. the city. So, you know, a neighborhood like that is walking distance from Centene. You know, that that's interesting, but... All of that land is owned by people currently. It's not sitting unoccupied, you know. So I, I would like to see where they could find that would actually fit into existing city stuff without trying to tear down somebody's neighborhood or somebody's park. You know, actually, it could be a useful addition to some neighborhoods. Yep. I, I think it sounds fascinating. I, I hope it gets built. I would love to see City 2 get to play in their own facility instead of either on a practice ground with no bleachers whatsoever yeah. or in the big stadium that's just not worth opening up for you know, for your reserve team. And finally, in case you missed it, our friend and contributor Matt Baker has decided that he has too much time on his hands and is now the creator and host of the City SC Reports Weekly Recap, a new short-form weekly podcast show that he will host solo. Talk about the latest city news and happenings. The first episode is out, and I personally really like it. I know I'm a bit biased, but it's exactly the kind of show that I want and some others might want as well. 10 minutes, that's it. Everything is just bam, bam, bam. No deep discussions or analysis, just a news type of recap. So check it out. The next one uh, should be up on Friday. I'll listen to it and then be less useless in conversation. <laughs> I mean, nobody knows what they're talking about more than Baker because he pays more attention There's than no... any of us. Uh, he always knows what's going on. He's probably listening to this saying, nope, you're wrong. Yep, you're wrong. I'm you're convinced wrong. he's I'm just kidding, Matt. at least three members of the... <laughs> The, like staff he's got to have bugs on somebody because there's no way he has all the information as quick as he does yeah, otherwise some, something's going on he's a yeah. plant he actually works for them he's just uh... we've suggested that we, we've <laughs> suggested that he's been he's been part of the club the entire time that's uh, a devious plan <laughs> he's playing the long con he's been around <laughs> since before there was a team and they, they, they knew one day he's going to take off that he's going to do the full <laughs> Mission Impossible face for real <laughs> This is me all along. That's a. Uh, th there we go. We have our our, our action movie ending for <laughs> for uh, for when the fan meetings with the club, uh, you know, finally come to an end. All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I believe that's it. Uh, Zach, thanks so much for joining us. We had a blast. Yeah, thanks for having. Hope me. you did as well. It was great having you. Great listening to you. Um, good luck on everything, and don't forget to follow Show Up Make Noise on Twitter, uh, as well as their soon-to-be name of the <laughs> noise population. And yeah, I'm sure there. that there is somebody listening who it has musical talent, has you know desire to drum or play horns, who who needs to get in on this. Some, yeah. Somebody's got. As long be as you're there. serious about it, that'd be great. Yeah. Or just be an attention whore and want to get up in front of people and scream chants at them. You know, we need 
we need all different types. So um, even if playing an instrument isn't your thing, if you can chant with us on other things and uh, and have the ability to get up and, and do that, you know, just old uh, former theater kids. We'll take former theater kids too. <laughs> Whatever you got. So yeah, don't forget to follow Show Up Make Noise on Twitter. Check out their podcast. Contact them with uh, your interest, if yeah. you will. We're trying to make uh, This Is Silly look like a, a, <laughs> a, con- or a podcast that puts out a lot of content because we haven't put out an episode in two months. But it's a great listen if you when you yeah, do put it out. listen to the old ones. They're yeah, fun. They uh, fun. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. we have one person who's a full-time band teacher and another person who's a full-time father. So uh, Stupid real life getting yeah, in the way yeah. of podcasting. Oh, yeah, he's got a five-month-old baby. That's, that's crazy to that me. That is crazy. <laughs> so thanks again, Zach. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was a good yeah, time. Awesome. Great. Joe, thanks again, once again, for joining us. Good like always. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember to follow us and contact us through any of our socials. Email us at cityscreport at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, etc. Thanks for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.